Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Holden McNeil was set in his ways. The way he worked. The way he lived. And the way he thought love should be. But then, she showed up. Let me guess. You like her. This girl loves me. There's something you should know. She got a boyfriend. Well, no. Then what's to know, my friend? Hey there, welcome to Rewatchability. My name is Blaine Waters. This is the podcast where we rewatch old movies and TV shows to see how they hold up in the modern eye. I'm joined by two amazing guests today. Johnny Walker. And Adam Beret. Thanks so much for being on the show, guys. Our pledge. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. We're excited. Yeah, well, this mm-hmm. has been, we've been talking about doing this for a long, long while. Yeah, this, this has been years in the making. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Literally years, I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah, well, you first came on years and years ago, Johnny, to the, oh, the podcast. Yeah. You've been... I've been around for since the start. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks for coming on talking about this movie, mm-hmm. which is Chasing Amy. We're going to talk about Chasing Amy today. Mm-hmm. But before we get into it, I want to thank all the Patreon fans. Thank you so much for giving 3 5 10 $15 a month to keep the podcast going. At certain levels, you get the podcast early. You also get bonus episodes, like whole episodes just for you. So if you want to support our podcast monetarily, you can go to patreon.com slash rewatchability and donate there. But uh, but let's get into the movie, shall we? Let's do it. Please. Uh, Johnny, when did you first see Chasing Amy? I first saw it, I believe, in grade eight. Okay. Um, grade seven or eight, definitely. I remember first hearing about it on the YTV show The Anti-Gravity Room, mm, okay. hosted by like PJ Fresh Phil. Right, and that and was like a live kind of thing between segments. This was, he did that, but then he also had his own show that was kind of about like nerd culture. Oh. And they, and they would, it would be sort of like looking, it was almost like an entertainment tonight for like teenage geeks. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, here's the new comic books, here's the new sci-fi stuff. And they were like, here's this new movie coming out that's about comic books. Right. So that was where I had heard of the movie. And did you get, like, did that get you excited? Yeah, because I read comic books and I, yeah. like, read Wizard Magazine and that kind of thing. And I was sort of, okay. I was like, oh, like, a movie that's kind of set in that world seems interesting to me, of, like, a behind-the-scenes comic book movie. Right. Did you know and who that Kevin was, Smith was? I did that? not. Oh, okay. I certainly didn't. And not even after Mallrats? I didn't see Mallrats <laughs> at the Mallrats. time. <laughs> or, yeah, Mallrats. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't uh, seen Clerks. <laughs> Maybe I, the start of a Kevin Smith retrospective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't know. No, I didn't know who Kevin Smith was. And I remember going to Roger's video and renting the video because I had heard about it on that TV show and I was interested. And I did. I uh, Yeah, I didn't really know what I was getting into. Did you enjoy the movie when you first saw it, when you left the theater? So much. I, oh, really? I loved it. And oh, I would wow, say okay. that, like, for a lot of my teenage years, I would say it was my favorite movie. Whoa, really? Yeah. We're yeah. doing one of your favorite movies. Yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> one of, one <laughs> of the movies that, that used to be your That was movie. once one of my favorite movies. I, like, had it on VHS. I watched it a lot as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And it was a movie that got me into trouble with my parents. 
Ooh! Wow! What? How? <laughs> how did it get? Parents. Yeah. What was the? What was wrong with parents? I rented it several times from the video store. Were they because, like it uh, has to do with sex? Essentially, yeah. Um, okay. I just remember my. I, I had it around, and one night I was out, and my dad saw the video tape and decided to watch the movie. To see like what I had been watching on my own, right? Like he was like, maybe I can connect with my son over something wholesome and great. And I think he just didn't really watch the whole movie, but was sort of like fast forwarding through, looking for objectionable content. Oh, okay. So it was the opposite of what I said. Yes. (laughs) How can I disconnect with my son? There's some like blue dialogue, but nothing really happens. Yeah, that, I mean, and that was the thing. And then he essentially, like, accused me of, like, watching pornography. And I was like, there's not even really any nudity or sex in this movie. It's just the dialogue is very profane. Yeah. yeah. But I got in trouble. Wow. I got in trouble so for this was this So this was, like, your, your porn speech trouble when you with were the a law. kid. This was like, you're watching things that are inappropriate. Yeah, but I was also, like, I was in grade 8 at that point, and I was sort of, like, rebellious enough to be like, no, this is a real movie (laughs) that I'm watching because Mm. it is art, and it is telling me things about the world that you don't want me to know. Like, I I wish I'd said that when my dad caught me watching actual porn. (laughs) No, Dad. Yeah, this is how (laughs) I I get my culture. You sit down and watch this with me. (laughs) Um, Johnny, do you remember what you really loved about it when you were a teen? Like, what the what the thing was that made it your favorite movie? I think it, you know, the the fact that it was so blue. It was sort of like one of the dirtiest movies I had seen, and I think that right. that probably like was exciting. And there was like a lot of like swearing and sex. I remember at the time it seemed really though adult to me, and mm, I, I because yeah. it was like a, it was a take on sex and dating and romance that I had never seen before. And as a person who had not had any, like, dating or sex whatsoever, I assumed <laughs> that this is what it was all like. And I was like, oh, yeah, sometimes when you're a grown-up, you right. date a lesbian, and it's really tough. Right, and, it's just like, all passion. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really real. And I don't mm-hmm. know, I thought it was, I thought it was really funny. The, I thought the, the humor was good, and I really liked... Um, I really liked Joey Lauren Adams' performance. Okay, and I remember I remember finding her incredibly charming. Okay, and, well, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. I, yeah, I think gonna... those those were the th- the main things that that drew me to <laughs> Great. the film. Well, what about you, Adam? When did you first see it? Um, I saw this movie. Yeah, probably around the same time, like for maybe like fourteen or mm-hmm. fifteen. And I found it very rewatchable. We rented it from the video store and like we watched it and I loved it. I stayed up late, late, late into the night so that I could sneak down to the living room and watch it again like that night because nobody was on board with rewatching it (laughs) immediately after watching it. I watched it the next day. Oh my god! And then it really? went back to the video <laughs> store. <laughs> and Who did I you watch it with initially? My sister, oh, okay, actually. Sister. Oh, really? Yeah, and that was kind of a nice, like, sort of bonding experience for nice. us. Was it older sister or younger? My older sister, okay. and like for me, it was kind of like, yeah, it, I found it really eye-opening. Like, mm-hmm. I found it had like a lot of information. I didn't have any information about yes. sex. Like, yeah, this was sort of my tonic to like yeah. the 1998 like sex curriculum which is now back on the book so <laughs> oh God, yeah. the teens so of today depressing. will have to exactly. discover their own chasing amy but yeah for me it was kind of like like if you've got a friend group of boys and then all of a sudden like one of the one of the boys like has a mustache and like all this information about sex that's like kind of like <laughs> that's what happens when a boy first has a sexual experience they get a mustache exactly it just pops yeah, on yeah. Their face. it's just yeah it's there that's and like yeah know. he like they he'd have all this sort of like you know, he'd be sort of like, a, you know, you pee in her butt and like a baby yeah. comes out and everyone's like, sounds credible. Like, right, we have no yeah, other we, sources. We, like, yeah. That, he was that just, sounds yeah. like science. He was yeah. one conversation further than the rest of you. Exactly. That's exactly. What the, that's what this movie is. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. that boy. <laughs> that's uh, for, for everyone on the sex ed curriculum now. That's not how babies are made. I just want to make that clear um, <laughs> yeah. in, in Ontario. So you you loved this movie. I, ad- I adored this movie. And mm. then over time, I came to hate the movie because I felt like it had given me a lot of false information. Like, I think it says <laughs> a little bit. I think it says a lot of, like, problematic things. 
it is really not a, a movie about comic books or queer people at all. It's really just about no, sort of it's like... it's like the straightest movie about yeah, both those yeah, things yeah. yeah, that you can ever imagine. Yeah. It's yeah. it's very much like, oh, all this queer stuff going on is great, but like, what about my perspective? Ben Affleck, you know? Um, <laughs> but then rewatching it with Johnny in preparation for this podcast, I had sort of like a score sheet oh. where I was going to give it like check mark for yes like x for no oh wow well i can't wait to get into that it reveals nothing like (laughs) (laughs) well uh, we there was so so much for us to look forward to very quickly yeah very quickly and i had to create a middle column that was just question mark question mark question mark and that column just filled up like Mm. (laughs) i don't know what what about you, Blaine? What was your first exposure to oh this? My God, look, this this is like you, you're on so often. You're taking over the hosting mm. segment. Oh, well, someone's got to do I, it. <laughs> I know, the, right? The wheel has turned. Yeah, only one rewatchability host this time. Oh my God. Yeah, I first watched this. I had seen Clerks and I had seen Mallrats, and this was like the third mm. installment. So I was a Kevin Smith fan. From Clerks. From the get-go. And, yeah. The View Universe. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and I loved both those. Like, I loved Clerks and I loved Mallrats because they were so teenage, like, in so many ways. And I also wanted to be uh, a filmmaker. So, the like, I, just a random dude making a film for $15,000 or whatever. Sure. Clerks, like, that sure. spoke to me as a, as a teen. That, I think that's the appeal of Clerks is that you're like, oh, Anyone, Anyone can make a movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. He's not special, and this movie proved that. Um, and then Mallrats was like this kind of teenage fantasy of a movie where, you know, cool people were doing cool things and, like, judgmental jokes were being thrown around, and you felt on the in of a clique a little bit. Totally. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you've done both those movies on the podcast before, so you can check those out if you want. But this movie... I remember my mom being like, oh, there's like a new, you like this Kevin Smith guy. And like, there's this new movie coming out and you should, you should rent it and watch it. And so, so I, you, you had support from your wow. parents for I, watching a Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. And I, I honestly think I might've watched this with my mom. Uh-huh. Uh, and I like, she would fast forward through the sex parts of everything. So I, and I remember seeing this in whole, so I think she might've just left halfway through. Uh, being like, I can't. This isn't she my movie. Fast forward through the whole movie. I know. Yeah. So I think she. I think I like ended up watching this alone in the end. And I. This was my like least favorite Kevin Smith movie. It felt like mm. the biggest departure from who he was as a filmmaker and like what he was trying to trying to do. It's also the most like. It, it feels like the most non-canon universe. I can't believe I said that. Like, but it's true. I think it's true. Like, it's the one of like the universe that is a different kind of movie. But it does yeah. still have all of those references and connections, right? Definitely. But like they, they, it feels like the most tenuous. Like, even the appearance of Jay and Silent Bob is kind of like, who are these characters? Like, we've yeah. never seen them before. <laughs> and as someone who had not seen the previous films, I found, right. I remember watching it for the first time in the Jay and Silent Bob scene. I was like, what? Like, you weren't, you weren't enthralled by their acting ability? I, <laughs> I was. I had a big crush on Jason Mewes. <laughs> really? So mm. Oh, my God. Did you just find that out right now? No, like, he talks about it all the time. Oh, uh, okay. Um, talks about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, like, waking up like this. Yeah. Good morning, sweetie. Don't forget about Jason Mewes. I know yeah. I haven't. <laughs> yeah, the Jason Mewes that you worked into your vows at your wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that I was found a way. right there. Yeah, Muse is your muse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I remember like that scene seemed totally out of nowhere to me, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Why? Who are these characters?" Yeah, and then. Yeah, I can understand why you would have that reaction because tonally it is really different, even though, I mean, they have the conversation where she's like, my best friend fucked a dead guy in the back of a quick stop. But it's like, yes, we have all these little things to connect these characters. Right. But But it's it's not a movie where someone would like zip line through a mall or like something magical would happen. Like it's not that universe. No, not exactly. Yeah, but and then me and my friends just all got really into Kevin Smith movies in high school, and a yeah. bunch of them had already seen Mallrats and Clerks. And at the time, movies were still kind of difficult to track down. And I remember spending months with them, going around to all the video stores in Etobicoke, and we found 
clerks and then we found mall rats and it was like such a journey to try to watch these movies yeah. mm-hmm. also especially like mall rats wasn't like really a hit it's not like every store had 20 copies of it they didn't and then when i finally saw them i think like you know, and I think people say that like Chasing Amy was the movie where Kevin Smith sort of like grew up and matured a bit because he <laughs> finally he finally had something personal to That's, say, I, right? I, I hope they look back on those critiques and go, well, "Oh, I was so wrong." In, <laughs> it's all relative, right? Yeah. In relation to Mallrats, sure. Sure, yeah. So for me, then I went back and watched Clerks and Mallrats, and they both. I didn't like them as much because I was like, these are just so sophomoric and juvenile. Right. And Why not I feel watch an like, Adam Sandler movie? Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, where I was like, Chasing Amy at least feels like it's trying to say some like real things about life, where right. clerks and Mallrats I don't feel like have anything to say, really. Right. Yeah, yeah. So come, yeah, I think like if, if depending on what you'd seen first, it's uh, it, it's tonally really different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, we'll talk about that very, very soon. We usually throw to, like, Rob's rundown mm. on the podcast, <laughs> and Rob has has this whole rundown of the plot. Uh, today we're going to do, like, a Blaine's blunder through, uh, I think is what oh, it's going to be. Oh, that's really cute. Ru- thank we you. Love it. Thank yeah. you. So, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> oh, darling. Oh. So this movie starts out at a comic book convention, mm-hmm. and we have Ben Affleck. Wait, are you skipping over the credits sequence? Oh, that's just comic Shots book? of comic books. That I yeah. feel like is a super lo-fi version of the opening of the Marvel Studios, like, flipping through all of the <laughs> different... Yeah, except yeah, that it's it just, really like... looks like garbage. It's, like, a single <laughs> panel that the camera just goes, like, pans over. So it looks like it's moving. in and out of. Yeah. And they've just... They clearly only had a limited number of those, like, Mike Allred artworks. And yeah, just they wanted you to lot. see like, every, yeah. <laughs> every corner every of them. Over and over yeah. again. Yeah, they were like, this is a comic book movie, but it's not. It's not really. <laughs> no. But after that uh, brilliant opening sequence, yes. we uh, we go into a comic book convention, and Ben Affleck is playing uh, Holden Caulfield. Uh, no, wait, sorry. <laughs> McNeil. Uh, McNeil. And then we have Jason Lee? Jason Lee, yeah. yeah. Jason Lee. And he's he's playing... Banky Edwards. Oh my God! What name is that? How is that a name? Banky. What's Banky short for? Bank C. No. Yeah. Oh, no. maybe. No, probably not. I mean, he's an artist. That yeah. He's he's a, a tracer, is what they call him in this movie, and he's having a really hard time yes. with uh, with Ben Affleck's brother and this other dude yeah. that are calling him a tracer sure. derogatorily. Does that mean you ink it? Well, it means that Holden draws the pictures in pencil, and then he gives it to me to go over in ink. Next. So basically, you just trace. It's, uh, it's not tracing, all right? I had depth and shading to give the image more definition. Only then does the drawing truly take shape. No, 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 no. You go over what he draws with a pen, all right? That's tracing. Not really. Next. I now, like to add that that's not really a thing. Yeah, in well, comics. I was like, people don't approach inkers and make fun of them for being inkers. <laughs> like, it's fine. Well, like, you're definitely not as big a cachet as being a penciler, but like, no mm-hmm. one would make fun of you at a comic book convention for creating comic books. And I should <laughs> yeah. say that that you have been to comic book conventions because you are a comic book artist and writer and sure. inker. Yeah, and I guess tracer, I'm, I right? do it all. You, you yeah. do it all. I trace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which is I a... really just trace somebody else's comic book and threw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, but it's new, right? It's new, Because that's yeah, what Jason Lee is saying. Yeah. It's like it's, it's art when you trace over. So no one makes fun of tracers in the, in the art world, in the comic book world. Yeah, no one. Okay. No, it's silly. Good. I don't it's think, a silly thing to do. Well, I don't think someone would like bother showing up to a yeah. comic con and being like, "What? Can't what's an inker? Like, you inker. know, yeah. right? right? I love everything about comic books except that one guy. You show up to just make fun of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wouldn't do that. Banky deserved it though. Like that guy was such a dick. But he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, he's not. He's not the best character. They are the the artists of this comic book that stars Jay and Silent Bob, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're really popular, like so popular that people want to like make TV shows about them. Blunt and Man and Chronic. Blunt Man and Chronic. Which, okay, what, what do you feel like is like the equivalent 90s comic to what they're doing? Because I feel like it is in a kind of that oh, scene, so much. right? Like, like, like maybe something like The Max yeah. or even like Spawn. Comics weren't really funny like that. 
in the 90s. But I feel what like it's like kind of like milk and cheese or milk whatever, and cheese right? Like some, it's yeah, that kind of yeah. a thing. Action girl. Like Wait, what was milk and cheese about? The, it was like a milk and a cheese and they were like really angry and, like and always mouth. like causing destruction. Yes, oh, wow. they were so, very milk and cheese. Yeah, and I think that that was past their due date. I think that that was I could kind of buy a Blunt Man and Chronic comic Definitely. in that era. Right. And even then it's like I they don't really get into it, but when they're pitching the cartoon show, I was like, okay, this is definitely for liquid television on MTV, right? Definitely, this is like yeah. a The Max, Aeon Flux. And right, I think it was kind of, of like Kevin Smith's comment on his own experience where you created this like indie thing and everybody mm-hmm. loves it, and then like the execs want to take it. And like, well, although like in a modern context, like it's, I don't understand Ben Affleck's objection to the TV show at all. Man, it's art, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, my goatee says I'm an artist. But he doesn't even, like, like his own comic, particularly. Like, he's already making the comic. He might as well make more money by letting el- someone else pre- create a TV show about it. And he's like, but I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't seem to like much. Like, not a lot of people like anything in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then out of the scene where they're getting yelled at by people, they go to a a panel, which is a, a mm-hmm. you know a diverse my, well they call it a minority panel, which is you already know you're in the '90s when that happens. Yeah, and there we meet Hooper X and Joy Lord Lawrence Adams, which are characters yeah, in Miss this Alyssa Jones, mm-hmm. Alyssa Jones, um, not named Amy. No, <laughs> no, no. Very confusingly not Amy. Yeah, but also another A name. So you're like, did I just mishear that? Yeah. Is that... Uh, yeah. Yeah, what did you guys think about this scene? It was It's a weird one to rewatch in like the modern context because... Oh, right, so like this sort of like... Because he's pretending to be like this angry black sort of militant cartoonist. Right. And then mm-hmm. he pretends... And straight at the same time. Yes. Yeah. And he pretends to murder Jason Lee in front of like a whole bunch of people. They're going to drive out the black element to make the galaxy, quote, unquote, safe for white folks. And Jedi's the most insulting installment because Vader's beautiful black visage is sullied when he pulls off his mask to reveal a feeble, crusty old white man. They trying to tell us that deep inside, we all wants to be white. Well, isn't that true? I remember yeah. that scene being so shocking on the first watch. Yes. And taking it at face value and being like, oh, so he's murdered Ben Affleck's best friend. So and where are we going to go from yeah, here? Yeah, where are we going from here? <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Like, I, I was following along with the movie. I've never seen anyone murder or pretend to murder anyone else at a comic convention. That was a real first for me. Yeah. Yeah. And And then he was like, my publisher loves these stunts. And it was like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, like yeah. We get the twist right away. Hooper X is actually a really, like, charmingly swishy gay man. Right. And, and that guy is pretty fabulous. Like, oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. performance, I think, is terrific. I feel like he's the best character in this entire movie. Absolutely. Like, by Absolutely. Far. Yeah. And, that, and then they're like, how can you get away with shooting people at a Comic Con? And he's just like, oh, honey, my publisher gets all kinds of clearances, which is like nonsense. <laughs> no, I know. It's, it's crazy. not a thing. Yeah. And it's all about pumping up his super like macho image because he's doing what I see it's like I feel like a pretty broad Black Panther parody comic yeah. called White Hating Coon sure yeah which comes with a whole bunch of baggage <laughs> Kevin Smith come on but I think actually like of the queer characters that guy gets the best speech like a little later on like he says stuff about like I have to deal with being a minority of a minority like I have to deal with like maintaining this facade the whole time yeah I think it's like I think it's not bad like that one's square in the question mark question mark question mark for me (laughs) I've got no idea on your on your list on your sheet yeah. I mean, yeah, I had heard stories like, uh, you know, friends' dads telling me about people that I'd met in Texas who were gay that, like, really put on a macho attitude just to get by because it was so, uh, you know, violent down there. So, like, I could kind of buy that, but, like, also shooting a man dead in a, in a, in a panel. 
Maybe we should have done that. We would have sold more copies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you have you been on a panel at a comic con? Definitely. Absolutely. Oh my god, that never happened. The fire alarm went off that one time. That's oh the closest god. thing that happened. Speaking oh of god. crimes perpetrated at a comic con. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had a, I had a, the most exciting thing that ever happened to me on a panel was, it was a panel about autobiographical cartooning. Okay. And someone asked the group, like, when are you planning to stop autobiographical cartooning? Like, when is your story over? Right. And then the fire alarm went off, and I was like, this is my chance. And I grabbed the mic, and I was like, it could all end today, folks. Like, buy your <laughs> copies if I'm crazy. And then months later, like, uh, a different cartoonist who was on the panel created a uh, released a comic about that moment specifically, really, in which he told my joke. <laughs> so it's and there's a panel in his of him telling the joke and a picture of me looking how I looked, wearing even what I wore, like laughing, like oh, you're great. So like, ah, <laughs> uh, wait, were you friends with this comic book artist? We, well, we were like sort of like friendly because you make you make you make comic book friends, right? Yeah, you only okay. see them at the at one. The at the conventions yeah. and stuff. So, I mean, really, you probably relate more to Alyssa Jones in that moment. Being exactly, like, dude. I was booked on this panel too, and I didn't <laughs> I even get to, to talk my book. because you, <laughs> you like murdered somebody, somebody before it was my turn. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's too bad. And that's how we meet, Miss Alyssa Jones. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how we do. And you know, the guys aren't totally taken with her at the start. But Ben Affleck is a little, little. There's little, little shimmerings here, mm-hmm. or something starting, mm-hmm. and then they have like an apartment that they work in, yes. where they just like a studio uh, apartment set up. Yeah, and they work like across from each other, just looking into each other's eyes mm-hmm. all day, slowly yeah. falling in love with each other, and and they get invited to a party. Hooper invites them to a party. Yes, and I feel like very importantly, they live in Jersey. Yes, where, where Hooper and Alyssa are like Manhattan queers. Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, spoiler yeah. alert. They're, they invite them out to what is very obviously so, a gay yeah. bar. That's another spoiler question mark question for mark scene. for me. Like, they spend a long time in that very obvious gay bar not understanding. Like, they spend at least an hour in the gay bar surrounded by only lesbians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They watch her sing, like, a lesbian song with, like, a lesbian band. And then she makes out with a woman in front of them, and that's when they put it together. Like, mm-hmm. right. Also, that like their gay friend is the bartender. Yeah. at this place, which I feel like, oh, I feel like even really has like a very like lesbian bar name. I yeah, can't remember like the it's name not the called the Shishi Lounge, but like it might right. as well be. And yeah. then there's oh, there's that horrible like little conversation right before they go, where they get invited out, and then Banky says. Oh, like, when is that faggot going to learn you like chicks? And then Ben yep. Affleck says, it's not that kind of bar. It is. It, is. <laughs> yeah. it is that kind of bar. Yeah. There's also is. what's bizarre is they both, the dialogue implies that Banky and Holden are familiar with Alyssa's comic Idiosyncratic Routine. Mm-hmm. A really terrible title. I get it. Just, I feel like that's very nineties. Just rolls off yeah. the tongue. It's yeah. like a what? It's like a sort of it's strangers, strangers in paradise, paradise is yeah. essentially what it is. And uh, <laughs> that uh, they, they've read it and they're like, "Oh, it's cute, but it's like a chick comic or whatever." Yeah, and it's but great. That later on, you see the cover of issue number one of Idiosyncratic Routine, which shows two men like on a double date where the women have left the men for each other. So they've read her comic and they yeah, don't they put it together. Look at the cover of issue number one. She's a lesbian. She's such a lesbian. But I kind of I kind of like that about the movie. I think maybe that even pushed it over to the plus column for me, because like at no point is like it's ridiculous. But like and Ben Affleck is kind of like pissed off because it turns out like she was a lesbian and he came all the way to New York for nothing. But like he like. There's nothing, like, deceitful about her at that point. Like, it's no. all on him. Like, Ben Affleck, yeah, yeah. like, even in the, the sort of reality mm-hmm. of the movie, like, Ben Affleck is dumb to think that yeah. you can just go to this lesbian bar and, like, pick up this woman and, like, 
I don't even know what his game plan like bring her back to New Jersey like bring her back like yeah. the straight side yeah like yeah. the movie plays a joke on that character because he's dumb and uninformed yeah sure. because like it's it's this classic sort of like privileged white straight guy assuming the whole world is for him and like going so far in like humiliating himself yeah it's so I but, l- but as it turns out the world is for him yeah. turns uh, out in, yeah in, in this turns movie, out. we're gonna get into that right after this break. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to Rewatchability. I'm here with Johnny and Adam. We're talking about Chasing Amy, and we just got to the part where Ben Affleck goateed Ben Affleck, which is, I, I, I consider, the worst Ben Affleck. That's, uh, a, that's a Van Dyke. Yeah. Got. Classic I'm, Van Dyke. I'm sorry I, I misspoke on the facial I thought he was handsome at the time. Hair. Did I? I can't remember. <laughs> no, it's him. It has, like, just holding out for Jason Muse. Yeah. Yeah. The Muse. <laughs> Your muse. So, yeah, they find out that Alyssa Jones is a lesbian. And yeah. it seems at first blush that Jason Lee is is kind of into she. He's kind of fine. He's like, this is exciting for him. He's, he's yeah, because like, he knows about lesbians from porn. Right, exactly. So he, like, he knows all the ins and outs here. I think he's, he's more fun. relieved that, like... Uh, that like Ben Affleck isn't going to hook up and like leave his side. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Like Jason Lee is such a terrible friend. I feel like Jason yeah. Lee's character really doesn't age well because in the nineties it was like, oh, you've got that one friend who says like outrageous things all the time. Yeah, but throughout the movie, like the sort of like what's the word like vitriol? Yeah, he he does nothing positive. Yeah, and the things he says are like mean and not funny. Yeah. He's very cruel. Yeah. I love, though, that, like, the moment that it happens that they realize she's a lesbian is after um, Joey Lauren Adams performs this song, which she wrote herself. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> um, yep. That is a, okay. That's a that's a Joey Lauren Adams song. been waiting for a chance to tell you that he, she wrote that song. <laughs> um, and then she, and there's a, the, I love the humiliation of the moment of Ben Affleck watching her sing it and feeling that he's singing, she's singing this song just for him. Oh, I love, yeah. like, and then him, he's, he's like bobbing, he's trying yeah, to he's, dance, yeah, but he's like, he cannot do it. Yeah, and and performing for the crowd of people being like, yeah, everyone knows that this is all mm-hmm. for me. It's actually and, kind of a good spot of acting from Ben Affleck in this movie. It's, yeah, it's it really it's, makes you embarrassed for it's him. It's one of the best moments. And then this totally like sexy, queer woman appears behind him and it's that thing of like somebody waves at you and you wave back and realize that it's a stranger and they're waving at the person behind you except so much more embarrassing because he thinks someone's sung a whole love song to him but she's actually lesbian also her look in that scene is like mesh top black bra those like booty shorts this like classic 90s Buffy that look look has aged really well it looks so good on her that is a true thing about this movie I was like that movie taught me that look that was like this is how queer people in the city dress still true yeah and right. that was correct <laughs> oh, they wear black mesh shirts they look kind of yeah, greasy the mm-hmm. yeah they Beautiful. actually both her and Hooper greasy. in that scene are like what's that vampire movie where those like college boys go to New York and they fall in with that punk vampire cult and like Grace Jones is the vamp vamp yeah they're dressed <laughs> sort of like a vampire biker mm. gang yeah which is totally the movie you just described sounds like a way better movie than Actually, this movie. movie it's pretty fun. <laughs> okay, I'm going to watch that movie. That's great. And then we get the whole Jaws homage where they sit around discussing their um, like cunnilingus wounds. Oh, right? yeah. But it's yeah. all shot to look like the scene in Jaws where the- Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's still like, I feel like every frame in this movie looks ugly. Like, there's no, it doesn't, it's not a pretty movie. It doesn't feel like a film, really. It kind of feels like a made-for-TV movie at a lot of times. Yeah. Sure, but I think that's kind of part of its smithness. Like, I think yeah. it's kind of the same thing you were saying earlier, where they were sort of like, let's put the camera here, and, like, our friends will be in this movie, and right. we'll figure it out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, cool. I, even, I was reading like the Roger Ebert's review of it at the time, and he was saying that like he was like, well, you know, he's not like a beautiful filmmaker. He, <laughs> but he's sort of like more. It's about his characters and his dialogue, and then he just seems to like put a camera somewhere around them. Yeah, and uh, yeah, to defend Kevin Smith on that, like a lot of comedies now do that. Where they're like, no, this is kind of like an, uh, we're going to improv a scene now. Sure. So it's just going to be like a straight shot of a person on a phone. It's like, well, that doesn't look interesting mm-hmm. or pretty at all. It doesn't feel like a movie. No. I mean, I would say that like his, there is a real ineptitude to his filmmaking style, especially at this point in his career, that like looking back, it's like their faces are kind of in shadow. Like, the framing of these shots is like notably ugly. Mm-hmm. The like the editing together of the scenes is awkward. A lot of this, the songs and the soundtrack are so like on the nose. Oh wow, they're like hitting nails into your head, but <laughs> it's like awful. also bad. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. scene though is I feel like the most thirteen-year-old mustache like oh, bravado. Yeah. Like there's such an earnestness to it, but it's it's so strange. Like. The fact I, that these two characters were received permanent injuries through sex so many times seems like just the thing, like, <laughs> like Danny, yeah. what's his name, would have warned us about. You know, it's like, you yeah, know, like don't like, yeah, like all the specific. You don't pull through... out at the wrong time, like your dick will snap off. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah, like urban, like these yeah, terrors. The myths. Yeah, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. See that? Uh-huh. I got that from Nina Rollins. Sophomore year, I'm going down on her, right? And out of nowhere, her cat jumps on her stomach and she does this big old pelvic thrust, cracks my tooth, and sends it down my throat. I had to get a crown for the stub. I got that beat. I got that beat. Junior year, I'm going down on Cynthia Slater in her dorm room after we went club hopping. I'm totally drunk. And in the middle of it, I fall asleep right in her lap. She got mm-hmm. so mad, she digs her heel into my back. Right there. That's permanent. And yeah. it's this weird sort of moment of bonding between Alyssa and Banky, who otherwise just loathe each other for the mm-hmm. whole movie. Well, and that's what I didn't get, because I felt like he was kind of being on side with her. He was mm-hmm. like, no, I like this person as a person, whereas Ben Affleck was kind of being like, well, if she's not straight, then I have no use for her. You yeah. know? Yeah. And it was, and, and like you said before, Adam, like he expected something when he went to New York. It was like a transaction for him. And, and we see how like poisonous that is nowadays. So it's still, like weird to see that like writ large in this movie, yeah. especially since like you know Weinstein had such a big uh, Oof, to, to yeah. do with with Kevin Smith early in his career and in making this movie too. Here's the thing about that scene: it was like written for Mallrats, and the studios wouldn't let him do it. Oh, interesting! Oh, so he saved it. So he saved it, and I think that either a bunch. It, it's very especially this era of Kevin Smith. There are scenes, and I'm sure actually the scene with Hooper at the Comic-Con is the same thing, where it's like, I bet he had written this scene and had it in mind. It's on there almost like sketch comedy scenes. Yeah, Yeah. true. And it's like, I feel like you've got a drawer of these scenes, and you're going to slot them into your movie. And it doesn't necessarily particularly move the story forward Mm -hmm. or make total emotional sense for where your characters are at right now but it's like this is a fun scene that you wanted to do yeah I think it's fine I think if Quentin Tarantino could have like his extended headband sequence in uh, <laughs> yeah well, like in Glorious Bastards yeah. like this is all fine like sure. yeah and I think it kind of fits with the movie the only thing that doesn't fit is that Banky like loves this character and then hates her in the next scene it kind yeah. of feels like well why well, I th- is he I, I think that I think he more loved the idea that like she and Holden were not going to hook up Right. Like that's okay. his so sort he was, of he was reveling in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I think this movie actually has a pretty decent twist on Banky, where you're like, why is this character such an asshole? Right. Yeah. Because he loves his his roommate. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird that it comes from the roommate at the end, though. The the big like confrontation scene is that like Ben Affleck is like, you're in love with me. Because I, I'm Ben Affleck, yeah, uh, and you know we have to get past this. It seems like such like a uh, you know an awful thing to say to your friend, like especially if it isn't true. Like that would be the worst thing to say to your friend. I kind of yeah. like that. That's a bit ambiguous. Like, is Jason Lee really gay, or is Jason Lee like? I give this one a plus because I okay. don't think the movie 
needs to decide whether or not Jason Lee is really gay or Jason Lee is just this sort of like emotionally immature man who has this intense uh, like hold on his friend, you know, and is like jealous because Ben Affleck is having all these experiences that he can't have. And I think I think it's nice that that movie like didn't make that decision. Right. It kind of leaves it up to the viewer. To yeah, decide. exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. He's uh, so disgusting. He's terrible. Like he's showing bestiality pornography to that small child. In yeah, well, see, I feel like that's one of those 90s things where it was like kind of like, like there's a condom in your room. Like, is that funny? Like, we don't know, <laughs> you know, like. Right. But that seems yeah. like something where it's like someone should call the police. That's yeah, a that's, dark, that's dark. Assault. moment. Yeah. <laughs> or where like he see he walks in after the first time that they that it's uh, Alyssa and Holton hook up mm-hmm. and he's totally heartbroken and devastated yeah. and goes and sits on the front stoop and watches these like young Catholic schoolgirls <laughs> who look like 14 or 15 and they're doing some kind of weird like cheer routine. It, like why? Is that what it is? is that how you I feel like it's a, a kind of like Mr. Like, Burns one Hayaya calisthenics routine. Right. Yeah. And he's just like, I wish I had sex with more like Catholic teenagers. And it's just like, oh, what are we doing? I know. He is the most despicable person. And you're meant to like feel for him in the end. And it's hard to feel for a character that's that kind of like disgusting towards every everything to do with sex. He's he the comic relief with. of the movie, right? He's it is, supposed yeah, to be he's the in the comic character. relief role. Yeah. It's weird. Like, do you find that the com- comic relief role kind of they kind of speak the truth in movies a lot? So, like, they when the main character is off and doing something that they like, you know, the movie is in supporting really the comic like the comic relief is saying well that's kind of wrong and like the audience knows it and i know it and that's why i'm making fun of it Hmm. but in this he seems like the moral like uncenter of the movie like he's he's just the horrible in every way yeah he's not making commentary on anything like commentary should be made on him but you know what like at the time when i think look back on it me and my friends all thought that that character was really funny and when i think about some of like one of my friends in high school that I would watch all these movies with, like he would quote from that character all the time. Oh, great. That's the character quote. But from. I think a lot of it was just sort of like the shock and awe of like hearing those words. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Like even when you're in like grade eight or whatever, like yeah. someone, so someone's saying like, yeah. fuck even was like, sure. oh, okay, that's like uh, still like a little, I'm going to laugh at that because mm-hmm. it's a little childish and I'm, I'm still a child because I'm in grade eight. Yeah, um, we're skipping around a lot in the plot, but I yes. think that's good because I want to. There's talk, not much of one. There's not much of a plot, but I do <laughs> want to talk about like the big transforming scene where uh, where Joey Lawrence Adams and uh, hears that uh, that Ben uh, Affleck is in love with her, and ah, he yes. has like a five page monologue where he just talks. Ooh, in the, in, he really lays it out. Yeah, yeah, and it, he just goes back over it and is. Uh, it's, not very concise and then she walks out into the rain because it's uh he's trying to be in a romantic comedy uh he's trying to make a romantic comedy and so she's walking in the rain and then she totally kind of does a, a 180 she and what do we what do we think about this scene because it's it's a tough one was that in the like the question yeah. mark question mark question mark column because it's it's a it i think it's a real question mark question mark question mark scene for sure yeah, because every individual is different with their sexuality but like, also, it's it, it is saying something about a culture. This movie, so it's a very like it's on it's on the line. I'd say. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Like as like. Like I definitely had a back in the closet relationship with a woman like around these characters' ages, where it was oh, like this is okay. a really really intense friendship, right? And like it seems like we're becoming a couple and, like, we're going to just go for it. You were Alyssa Jones. I was. Yeah. <laughs> was it raining when you decided? Mm-hmm. No, but we did have a lot of fights outside cars. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, we did have a lot of, like, yeah. I'm getting out of this car. And it's like, mm-hmm. but where will you go? Like, we're in, like... <laughs> yeah, you're in you Jersey. Ever, yeah. <laughs> did you ever scream, there's no fucking period of adjustments? There's no fucking period of... You know what? I think <laughs> Joey Lauren Adams screams her way through a lot of really difficult material. Yeah, and, and that's why when you said, Johnny, earlier that you loved her performance, I was like, She's Whoa. incredible. And oh. often, yeah, I think she's I like... Think the opposite. That's really interesting. Well, I think the things she, she's saying often 
don't make a lot of sense or yeah. don't add up to much. And, like, she's very inconsistent. Like, if they were... Like, there was a period in that movie where she seemed interested in his friendship and they were friends. And he yeah. asked her a lot of invasive questions on about the swing sex, set. Which, yeah, With which the she big did answer. Scene on the swing, exactly. Yeah. So, why didn't she reveal at that point that she'd also have sex with men? Like, that mm-hmm. was kind of the time. He asks her point blank before they're dating at all. And she says no. Yeah, when yeah. nothing's on the... T- so why did... So the fact that she lied about that, like, really throws her character into question. Yeah. The only, like, the only possible... And I feel like this is really, like, more than meeting the movie halfway, is if we say <laughs> that, like, in fact, she's already attracted to him and is lying because she's confused and is, like, doesn't... But you don't really right. get the sense of that from she's her. Hedging her yeah. She seems yeah. totally confident and, like, someone who would, wouldn't would lie about that, who would be like, oh, I'm an open book, I'll tell you all about it, right? Yeah, that's, like, her character to a T, because that's what she's been doing for the entire mm-hmm. movie. So it's weird that she would lie about this one thing. I think the scene where her, like, lesbian friend group all breaks up with her at once and was like, oh, like, we're not your friends anymore, kind of sucks. But also that kind of resonates with me. Like, Mm. I was surprised when I got into this relationship how many people, like, reacted badly. That's, yeah, that's so interesting because coming out is hard because you're coming out to your friends and you're like, how is this going to change our friendship? And then, like, doing that, like, going back, it's that must be even harder because I think people... And correct me if I'm wrong, but like people are like, no, you you were part of our group, for, like f- for so many reasons, but for this reason too. Yeah, in this capacity, because it's yeah. us against the world, because it's it's hard being gay in this world, and so like, is it? No, it's actually more from like straight people. Oh, interesting. yeah, it was like I okay. got a lot of calls from people being like, I hear you're straight now, like, what's the deal with that? <laughs> and it was it was sort of more <laughs> right. like we were right. we were comfortable with you being gay, like we and the idea yeah. of, mm-hmm. and I feel like within that group there was kind of like a like I was like one of the girls for a little while until I wasn't, and then mm. I wasn't invited for, to girls' night anymore. <laughs> so it's like true wow. life. Yeah. yeah, that sucks. You lift this. Wow. I think... Oh, the, no. Chasing Amy did teach me about... <laughs> it shaped your life. Yeah, so... It's horrible. I think Jerry Lauren Adams has a really hard job in this movie. Very, very And difficult. I think that she really manages to, like, pull together what feels like emotional logic in a character whose journey doesn't really make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And... And she's so charming. Yeah, she sells it for me. They They... I feel like she is directed to scream a lot and use a lot of like screamy takes of her are used. She's I, only screaming through this movie. And that's why I thought her I performance think, was like not great. But you're right. It might be the I don't direction. Think that, too. I don't think that's her fault. I think that, that I, I feel like you watch that scene in the rain and it's like this is clearly this looks to me like it's take 15 where they were like, why well, don't you try screaming? Also, the whole thing? what type of emotion has Kevin Smith had to direct before this movie? Like, none. Yeah. Never had a character. Like, yeah, funny and screaming. Yeah. And exactly. what's so, I don't know, I think what's so frustrating about that scene is, like, he unburdens himself in this sort of shitty way. I've, you know, they've been having this whole, like, becoming best friends mm-hmm. montage, and they buy the painting and everything, and he's like, oh, I'm in love with you and not in a friendly way. And it's kind of, like, it's a little scary. She's in a car with this yeah, guy, and it's just like, car, yeah. do you get, like, what in a threat this is? Yeah. And she storms out, and she get, she gets, she just tears into him. Yeah. And she's just like, even if I am having these feelings for you, like, this isn't some, this is normal for you. And, like, if we start dating, nothing changes for you, and my entire world is turned upside down. And it's like, yeah, this is why she should be the main character of this movie. That's such and a good point. If she was the protagonist of this movie, I think it would hold up so much better because, like, she's the character that actually changes the most. Yeah, and has something to lose. Yeah. If this movie were about this, like, lesbian woman and we knew, we got to know her friends instead of spending so much time getting to know Jason Lee. Yeah. And seeing her, you know, have this, like, attraction that she's surprised by and can't fight to this man. And losing all of her friends, like I don't know, I feel like that is the that's the real story. We need here. A, we need a remake of Chasing Amy, where it's about yeah. 
Alyssa. Yeah, but actually. Chasing Alyssa. It kind of, it, I don't know, it, a little bit of it drives me crazy that then she immediately starts making out with him too. And I feel like it's that like very like movie TV thing where somebody asks someone to do something, they say no and give them so many reasons why they wouldn't. But then it's like, just ask them a second time. We've heard the reasons why they won't do it and now they're just going to do it. Right. And it's like, that never happens in real life, but it happens yeah. in movies and TV all the time. But it's yeah. like, well, I guess for the plot to move forward, this person can't keep denying even though it makes a lot of sense for them to deny right well and i i think one of the more mature parts of the movie is that these two characters don't end up together is that they but not like for any great reason it's like this like the straightest reason you could think of like a guy can't handle that his ex had like a sex life before him Mm -hmm. that's another point where i feel the movie really flips on her like at first, like, the barrier is that she's a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And then once she's not a lesbian anymore, that barrier disappears and is replaced by, like, this different barrier. Like, all like this character now has, yeah. like, two sort of conflicting stories. First she was too gay. Now she's not gay enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fair to that character, <laughs> really, at all. And it, it kind of – I mean, the uh, the kind of climax of the movie, if you will, is is – Ben Affleck asking for a threesome because she had a threesome before him. And so the only way for him to, like, get over her having a threesome to get even is. Yeah, it's all transactional and it's shitty Uh, and is to have a threesome with his best friend who's he says is in love with him, which if you're in love with someone, it doesn't mean you want to have a threesome with them. It's like probably not the way you want to profess your love to them or discover your love with them. Of all the climatic, like, 90s threesomes that ruin relationships, like, there's so many movies like this that, like, end with characters having a threesome and then they're like, but now we can never speak again. Like, this is the most disappointing Mm -hmm. because they never even get to the threesome. They don't even get to the threesome. No. You guys are probably asking yourselves the same question that I've been going over and over in my head the past few weeks. What does one have to do with the other? And when I did some serious soul searching, it came to me from out of nowhere. And and it all made sense. And a calm came over me. I know what we have to do. And then you, Banky, you, Alyssa, and I, all of us, can finally be all right. Please don't say it. We've all got to have sex together. And then there's the A horrible, the, the like most 90s ending ever where Ben Affleck's at the door. He's, he said like he's done this whole like nod talk with his like former yeah, best friend that's God. a long nod talk so they're sort of like yeah smoke signals like just go over there like, yeah, <laughs> like jason lee's talking to a fan and ben affleck is just like standing by a column like nodding baseball signal all that stuff it goes on for so long and then he talks to joe lawrence adams and he's written a comic book with their experience and he's made himself uh, the main the main character uh, much like your guy, that mm-hmm. uh, definitely yeah, stealing her jokes. I will say though, he was on board with that. He really liked being in a comic book. Like he got sort of like final cut on that. Nice. And so uh, he goes to the door, and there's that look back that like we all make fun mm. of now, where he kind of like looks back at Joe Lawrence Adams, and she like nods at him, and he nods at her, and everything's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. Which is which is a great way to end the movie. Did you guys think watching it now? Did you guys think that it was rewatchable, Adam? Yes. So there was more in the plus column than the question mark column. No. <laughs> it all fell in the middle, but I can't I cannot say I don't, I don't think this movie is like anti-gay or like all the things I accuse of being. Like it's definitely there's points of it where it's like very misinformed, but I think what yeah. I like best about the movie is these three characters end up in this totally ambiguous place and their quest to kind of get the perfect relationship or their ideal relationship only leads to sort of disappointment and confusion for all of them. Right. And yeah. like it's sort of like he's alone, like sort of like I, I like that no character is particularly the winner. Yeah. Well, because they've all been shown to not be the best characters. Sure. They like they didn't do anything to deserve their relationships really. Yeah. In the movie. But I'm so, yeah. I'm glad they don't leave Ben Affleck being like and then I found the comic that I like truly wanted to make and I'm so happy now. Like there's definitely yeah. like 
people reference that like now he's not so famous mm-hmm. anymore and he's not yeah. friends with Banky anymore. And I think Alyssa's kind of the winner. Yeah. Don't they say that like her comic's selling better than ever? Sure. She's the one who has a relationship now. Although she's got a great that... new perm. Yeah. Oh, that, <laughs> yeah, the yeah she gets a hell of a blowout. That's yeah, nice. Step up. It's nice for her. But even that like like they show her I feel like they make they take pains to show her with a new girlfriend who doesn't really get it you know mm-hmm. she's like who's these weirdos you know yeah mm-hmm. like that like she's totally in a two to three monther yeah, like we're she, discovering that we don't get yeah. along you know yeah. <laughs> oh I, I feel like it's a sort of thing where she was like maybe I should just date someone who's not in comics and it's like probably you should yeah it's <laughs> a good idea so you thought it was rewatchable yeah. Okay. Okay. What about you? Oh, it's been such a long journey for me with this movie. Yeah, because it was like your favorite movie. I was so then... into it. I mean, and I remember just like having it on DVD, having it on VHS. Laserdisc. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember w- I wanted the soundtrack to it, but it didn't exist. The one was never released. No, you didn't make your so own soundtrack. Of course I did. Oh, no. I went ah. and like I like burned a CD and then I like made my own little like album art. And I think I even made a copy for a friend who also wanted one. Mm. And then I so you had like I, your own printing press. Yeah, I I watched the movie again in you know my early twenties where I was at a point where I was like, oh, I have like you know dated and mm. like had sex now and specifically had gay sex even. Mm. Right. And then I was like, oh, this movie lied to me about everything, and I was <laughs> furious. And I like got rid of the DVD, and I oh, was like, wow. and I was humiliated. I was like, I'm so embarrassed that I liked this movie so right. much because now I think it's like kind of f- full bullshit. Right. It, you so, felt like it took you for something, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So now, then going back again now, mm-hmm. after like years, like after getting over sort of both loving and hating this movie. It's like I don't think it is as good or as bad as I once thought that yeah, it was. Yeah. You know? And it's like there's still there's still a lot that I find charming about it, mostly in uh Joey Lauren Adams and Dwight Ewell's performances. It's like the queer characters are the best ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has all of those crazy monologues to stitch together some semblance of like sanity for her character, and I think she somehow makes them work. She's like nice. I don't know. She's like Renee Zellweger with a sexy baby voice, and I think <laughs> it works. Baby it I works wish she'd for won me. between her and Renee Zellweger. Her voice is too weird, and that's why she didn't. Oh, really? You know? Well, I felt mm. like she and Renee Zellweger were in kind of a Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman situation. Yeah. Where it was like, yeah. these two people are too close. You know, like only one of them can become famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're the same. Per- they're clones. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, not anymore because Renee Zellweger has a whole new face now. You got, right. you got a whole new head. Yeah. But. And then I think, like, Hooper is a great character, too. Yeah. And again, someone who, like, a more interesting movie could be made about him. I really like when he has that scene at the record store where he's kind of mad about this very 90s lesbian chic thing mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, sure, everybody, like, loves lesbians. Look, at our, my friend can make this lesbian comic book, and she's so cool, and I have to be totally closeted in my industry to right. succeed. And I got, I'm like a minority within a minority. Yeah. Nobody thinks I'm cute. Like, nobody <laughs> thinks, like, oh, nobody's God. delighted by me. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, that's a really, like, complicated thing and a complicated identity. I think the title of this movie is terrible. Yeah. And the baby, and so, like, why is, why is this movie not called? Lesby friends, which <laughs> you know, would tell you what it was about. Yeah, and like so, when you you finally that very like that's a I feel like a classic '90s indie thing too. Like call it like remember that movie Spanking the Monkey with Benicio del Toro? Like uh, what was yeah. that movie about? Like it wasn't about probably not about masturbation. Yeah, Benicio yeah. del Toro was in that movie. Mm-hmm. That's how we like met him. <laughs> so did you think this movie was rewatchable at the end of your journey? I th- I think so. Okay. I think so. Oh. I don't think it's. I don't know. Yeah. A, so you're on the fence. On I'm kind of on I'm, the fence about okay. it. See, I'm I'm in the no camp. I I think this movie, it just it like just doesn't look good. The jokes mm-hmm. kind of run flat mm-hmm. now, and I don't think that's because I've seen it twice in my life. I, I don't think that's because of like rewatching it too much. Like I think the jokes just are kind of like '90s jokes. Like they don't hold a lot of cleverness. And 
the characters are all pretty awful. I, I don't know who to root for, really, in this yeah. movie. And Jace, Jason Lee's character has aged so horribly. Oh, I know. He's and like, just, just so virulently every, every sense, he's, he's dropping the F word. And, like, I like I think that in that time part of, of like, using the F word, because I remember, like, because um, my, my father was gay and some of my, some, some of my friends, like, at the time when he came out to my family, like some of my friends were like using the F word a lot to be like, oh, I'm down with this. Sure. But mm. it's, you know, we've grown up since then. And so we know that, how horrible the word that. So it just aged so badly for him. And I feel like uh, Kevin Smith was kind of using it that way to be like, oh, look, like I'm I'm in uh, this culture. Like I can participate in this culture a little bit. But that just seems pretty awful to, no. to me. And Ben Affleck keeps being like, look, I know he's not like homophobic. He doesn't hate gay people. And it's yeah. like, he really does. He really, really does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and maybe it's because he's like gay yeah, himself. No, but that's also, much, it's but... never resolved. No. I don't know. So, no, yeah. I think like the if Jason Lee was like, oh, yeah, I'm like totally gay. Like, I think that would be really disappointing. Like, I, would I think like that's to... a very simplistic explanation for that character's whole thing. Yeah. I would like to see some indication of where he is at with him. Like, it doesn't need to be resolved, but I feel like it's kind of a shame that, like, his final scene is just spent wrapping up the, like, will they make a blunt man and chronic cartoon plot line, which is maybe what I am least invested in. Yeah. So, I'm gonna say not rewatchable. You're rewatchable. You're a soft... Rewatchable. Soft rewatchable. Thank yeah. you guys so much for coming <laughs> we, on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, we ended up right in the middle. Like, just uh, got yeah. my dumb sheet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Thanks so much for coming on. This was really fun to do with you guys. Anytime. And uh, we finally did it. Uh, we finally did this movie. We finally yeah. got it mm-hmm. done. And Johnny, you have a, a show coming up in the season in Toronto. When uh, does that yeah. When does that premiere? It will open right at the end of March at Buddies and Bad Times Theater. It's called Shove It Down My Throat. And uh, yeah, you can keep up with me on uh, johnnywalkerartist.com. Great. And everyone should go see that play. I've seen um, the kind of development of it, and it's a, it's a beautiful piece. Yeah. So, Well, hopefully it will prove rewatchable. Oh, there wow. you go. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> and uh, you at home can check out rewatchability uh, at rewatchability.com. You can uh, get a T-shirt at Public if you want. You can check us out on Twitter at rewatchability and on Facebook at re- uh, facebook.com slash rewatchability. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we'll catch you next week. 